0: Welcome to the Savvy Founder, the one place for entrepreneurs and business owners away from the everyday bustle where we help you find your path to a profitable and bright future.
1: Now, here's your host, the Savvy Founder and armchair sociologist himself, Philip Topham.
0: Hello and welcome to the Savvy Founder. I'm your host, Philip Topham. I am stoked to have Justin Myers here. How are you doing, Justin?
1: I'm doing well, Philip. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah. Where are you coming from? Where where are you you based? Love Zoom technologies. Great.
1: And and that's a fantastic question. So Explorist, my company is actually based in San Francisco, although I am traveling the country in an Airstream, currently now in Los Angeles. Nice. Yeah, we'll... we'll, uh, we're gonna get into that because it ties
0: into your business and what you're doing. Yep, so yep, that's right. Uh, why don't you give a thumbnail sketch for the audience about who Justin is, like before you started Explorist, right? <laughs> Just, oh man! Like, are you the are you the mad scientist? Are you the quintessential salesperson? Well, who are you?
1: Who am I? <laughs> well, I, I grew up in Michigan. I um, studied economics philosophy philosophy at the University of Michigan, and then I actually went straight into strategy consulting with IBM. And so I did that for about five to seven years, and you know, I think my identity at that point was somebody who travels a lot. Every week, I was popping over to the client site, and then kind of keeping that identity, I actually moved out to Vietnam and lived there for five years and co-founded its first digital bank called Timo. Um, and then uh, you know, I took some of the same investors who, who seeded Timo into my new business, Explorist. So pre-Explorist, I was a traveler, um, a corporate guy with Big Blue and IBM who turned startup and entrepreneurial uh, in Vietnam.
0: Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to dig into that a little bit more because there's a, there's a lot of people uh, that are in corporate America. They're reading about the great uh, what was the great resignation going on right now, and mm-hmm. wondering about something different. So, how was that transition from corporate to a different lifestyle and going this entrepreneurial route?
1: Oh, I'm I'm very happy you asked that particular question. Let me first share that at the time at IBM, I never saw myself or even thought i was capable of being an entrepreneur startup the creativity kind of needed i just that just wasn't me it wasn't me at all i was, I was kind of a traditionally a, a very linear thinker i like to follow process and plan and the startup space is anything but <laughs> clear. Um, so I, I think what's interesting is the fact that somebody can transition from being in corporate to something that's super blue ocean, like, uh, like being a, uh, an entrepreneur and, and, and starting something from complete scratch. And then I think you know, secondary to that, um, I'm very grateful for making the transition because I've also more or less achieved freedom of time and place. And this is before COVID. Right. So, you know, when I was in, in Vietnam and even to some extent, while I was at, even at IBM, I was working remotely. I kind of managed my own schedule. I could be anywhere I wanted insofar as that I delivered um, quality output. So I, I'm super, super glad to have had the training of, of corporate, which, um, you know, when it comes to IBM, it's top tier. The, the, the insights, the people that I worked with, et cetera, it laid a great foundation for me as I moved forward um, as an entrepreneur.
0: Very nice. So, so, in that, I would ask, what what advice would you give that uh, corporate person who is thinking about going to the entrepreneur? It's worked out really well for you, but what advice would you give them to make their journey a little bit easier? That's that transition.
1: Yeah. So, some people think that you need to kind of go uh, cut the corporate ties and and jump, you know, into startup with no kind of, you know, padding of safety. And, and that's actually not how, how I did it at all. Um, you know, I, I kind of put my aspiration out into the world of, I want to work internationally. I want to do something new. I want to move beyond traditional consulting. And just by doing that, I, I got introduced to this person, that person where this opportunity came to launch a, a digital bank in the country. And I was so risk-averse that I was like, okay, I'll only do this if we arrange like a one-year contract. And I essentially negotiated a higher salary than what IBM was paying me at the time. So I, I kind of went in um, in a very risk-averse, safe way, you know, making more money. Um, and, and so I guess the, the, the point here is you don't have to just cut ties completely. You can start small, one step at a time, Um, just put that message and and idea out into the world, let people know that you're looking to get involved in something drastically new, um, and things will start to fall into place. I truly believe that as they have for myself.
0: Very nice. So it's, um, you follow the path, uh, of your, you know, you follow the path with the comfort that you needed, right?
1: Right, right. Which, which, you know, at the time was, um. You know it was a better deal even. Uh, and, and yeah. I will say what ended up happening is what started as a is a you know one year thing turned into a five year thing. Um so you need to be prepared for <laughs> a lot of unexpected uh, you know life changes um when you when you do go this route I think that's it's actually one of the biggest distinctions right is you know when you're working corporate it's fairly predictable when you're working in a startup it's uh, very unpredictable, especially one in an emerging market. Uh, I got uh,
0: another sort of question that, you know, there's a lot of Americans. Uh, I, I would say there's there's a fair number of Americans that have uh, they only travel to other countries. They don't ever think about working in other countries. I, I think that's definitely changing with COVID and digital a But what what made you pick Vietnam? You know, and that's uh, you know, we we have different impressions of Asia. What was what was your impression of living in Asia and in Vietnam?
1: Oh, well, I mean, the first reason that uh, I ended up going to Vietnam is, you know, in a sense, thanks to IBM, um, I had one year high utilization. So I took a four-week vacation at the end of the year in December, two weeks in Vietnam, one week Cambodia, one week Laos. And um, I actually met a very nice lady in hanoi vietnam who's now my wife um so i, surprise, I met surprise. And, and surprise. surprise surprise <laughs> surprise so yeah i met i met a, a great a great gal and um you know at the time nothing significant really unfolded but we kept in touch even when i went back uh back to america and yeah long story short i took a, a year leave of apps here speaking of risk averse um while at IBM, I uh, th- they send their top performers um, on occasion to do nonprofit projects, and I, I was sent on one in Africa, in Senegal. And a group of the people that I was collaborating with, IBMers, um, they were European, and they just expressed how maybe a year earlier they took a year leave of absence from IBM. IBM actually held their their role for a full year and allowed them to leave. Uh, leave IBM unpaid, but they still got their health insurance covered for one full year. And I, I kind of got inspired by that because I was getting a little burnt out um, at the time. And so, yeah, I uh, I actually, you know, had, had uh, my job was saved at IBM, but I was allowed to kind of take this year off. And I, and I spent that year in Vietnam. And that's when the, these other opportunities kind of came about. Perfect. Wonderful. So,
0: So let's segue into how did explorists come about and uh and but maybe even before we do that i know i looked at the app beautiful pictures so for the audience explain what explorist is and see if you could do a justice audio wise to how pretty the pictures are
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well well, thank you for for noticing that, Philip. So Explorist is a travel app and we help people discover the world's greatest places recommended by world-class photographers. So we've now partnered with over 140 world-class photographers, um, absolutely incredible. And they've recommended their favorite places that people should go. Um, So when you open the Explorist app, you're met with that beautiful feed of imagery. When you tap one of the images, you access what we call a location insight. And it shares everything you'd ever want to know about that place. Um, So what is it? The exact GPS coordinates of where the photographer stood to get the perfect photo, best time of day to go, best month of year to go, field tips to get the shot, the gear that was used, the metadata, all that information on how best to experience the place and create the best content can be found um, on Explorist. And it can be downloaded for free on iOS and Android. And I'm actually happy to share um, some big news. We're also building the first NFT marketplace exclusively focused on travel photography. So that's a big new initiative for us um, as we move into 2022 and Web3 takes everything to the next level.
0: Nice. So professional photographers taking pictures of their most favorite places and all the details about it. And you two can own that beautiful NFT that they
1: made, right? That is, yeah. So you stitched the story together without me even explaining it. So that means uh, it's making sense. Okay. That's that's absolutely right. Excellent. So how did the Explorist
0: idea come about?
1: Yeah. So um, I was in uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico with uh, now my business partner, um, he's a professional photographer and we were in a pool amongst friends we were there for a destination wedding and, and I'm like hey I'm rolling off my digital bank project you know what's the next big thing next big kind of pain point we can solve and, and Michael my business partner he expressed his pain point of whenever he's traveling around to these new places, especially when he's on a photography shoot, he wastes so much time trying to figure out where to go. And before you know it, the sun's down. So we saw a huge pain point there. But what it also was interesting is that it resonated with everybody else in the pool, and none of us were content creators or photographers. The normal person also wants to know where beautiful places are, even if you're not taking a photograph of it. But then again, now with the you know, the iPhone has three lenses on it. We're all our kind of our own mini, you know, life documentary and photographer these days. But you know, from from there, it really resonated as a as a pain point that should be solved. And we we did a bunch of uh, competitive analysis and due diligence. We interestingly saw that a lot of companies attempted to solve this issue, but when it came to execution, we knew we could do much better, particularly because of the curated approach that we take with working with the best of the best.
0: Very nice. Uh, w- with that, one of the things that, uh, that listeners have, have heard me say is, is – one of the most important things a founder, and I'd like to see if you agree with this. One of the most important things uh, a new company has is the ability to build their network, to build those relationships and to get that. How did you go about building this connections with all these professional photographers? Was it easy? Was it hard? What what was it?
1: Yeah, Uh, man, such a a fantastic question. And, And particularly now where just community is such a, a buzzword in businesses, particularly in NFTs and, and blockchain. Like it's all about the community. And so we knew we really needed to start there. And so given my business partner, Michael Lex, is a professional photographer and extremely well-respected. He operates with, with extreme high integrity. And uh, we were fortunately able to basically reach out to his connections and, get them to participate onto the platform. But that said, we actually first started in Singapore because I was in Vietnam at the time um, during this transition. And so we thought Singapore would be a good kind of microcosm of the US in that it's an iOS friendly destination. There's a lot of photographers, it's got you know a um, you know, high GDP, et cetera, per capita. And so we decided to kind of launch there, but we had no connections in Singapore. so you know, in addition to just leaning onto connections, the other way to kind of get people to to join up on something is to really demonstrate utility and value. And so when we partnered with the Singaporeans, the whole idea behind Explorers is that we, we kind of fuel the creator economy in that we share our subscription revenue back to our contributors each month. So I didn't mention this earlier, but there is a pro paid experience to the Explorer staff. Do you wanna access the tips on how to take the best picture? That's behind the paywall. And we share that with our uh, professional photographers each month. And so that was a a opportunity that really resonated because on Instagram, whenever they're posting a really, really dope photo, people are asking, how did you take it? Where is that? I wanna know. And there really wasn't much of a model or incentive um, in place for them to spend time explaining the answer to people that they didn't know, and so Explorers does that on their behalf.
0: Yeah, I uh, really, really appreciate that. You, you, two, two strategies: when leverage your professional photographer relationships, but to just show and demonstrate value and and build that through that uh, through that connections one at a time I'd like to ask you a question since you're you're leaning into that community space and and uh there's a thing that I'm noodling around and that's between this content uh community and this word belonging so I think that there's a there's too many um people putting out content Mm -hmm. They're trying to build a community, but what they're really doing is building an audience that they can harvest from. And the only way they really need to build a great community is to have the people feel like they belong to the community, that they contribute to it. Do you agree with that? What's your experiences?
1: Yeah. I mean, belonging is something that comes downstream from first joining. Okay. Right. So, so, You know, there is this this effort to get people first to be aware of a brand, a product, a solution. Um, And after that awareness, it's like, okay, opt in, join, like, take the next step to discover what it's all about. And, you know, how you do that um, is really, you know, a, a, a big question whether it be content marketing or offering free services, et cetera. Um, but what gets people loyal, um, what gets people to refer out, to talk about, to get excited by is to create that sense of belonging. Um, and now that there's so much you know, going on digitally, whether it be you know, virtual events or Discord servers or things like this, um that, that kind of maturity is happening fairly quickly, uh, which is great. You can get very loyal advocates to a new project in short order insofar that they, they see the culture, they, they resonate with the culture of the community, and they kind of get that value. And I think that the real key ingredient is to create a community that helps each other beyond the product or service. So how do you, so like, so for yeah. example. Like yeah,
0: Explorers. my question, you, you started answering the question I was going to right. ask. Like, how, how yeah. do you do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, I mean, you know, take Explorers, for example, right? I mean, we, our app helps you discover great places, right? Right. But imagine if we're able to help our global community connect with each other so they can go out to one of these places together. And now they're sharing a moment. Now they're capturing a moment. They're 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 kind of building upon each other's energy and innovation and creativity, and so that's that's something that we're we're obviously keen to do um, over time.
0: Very nice. Uh, to to date, uh, how many uh, you know? Um, as you look forward, let's talk about this NFT concept and how did that come about?
1: Yeah, well. In 2017, during like the first big craze around Bitcoin and and cryptocurrency and blockchain, you know, as as any leader should do when it comes to a very emerging innovative trend is contemplate if there's a real application to the business. And, And at the time, I knew that, you know, tokenization you know the blockchain technology could be feasibly and and usefully applied to explore platform. so you know i've had a pulse on the scene largely since then and so you know but nfts at the time were not on my radar i've only think discovered what an nft was at the top of the year of last year right, right now, 21 and um, it just occurred to me well these Images of apes and cats are selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. People want to own them, feature them on their you know, social media profiles or on a, on a banner in their virtual home in the metaverse. And you know, I think it's, it's pretty apparent that, well, wouldn't people also want to showcase beautiful images that they love? I mean, people are collecting them in the real world. Is this maybe something that would translate you know, well into the digital world. And we saw, we've seen exactly that. So many of our content creators on Explorist are, are actually already minting their own photographs as NFTs. And uh, many of our, our our contributors on the network are pioneering the space, basically kind of writing out how this is all kind of meant to be done um, in this new world. And so it, it, as you mentioned at the top of our conversation, you open the Explorer step and you're met with that beautiful feed of, of stunning imagery. And so we've already identified the top content creators. We've curated amazing places all over the world that people want, you know, really to, to, or they have connection with and that they would potentially want to purchase as an NFT. So we're just very well poised and positioned to do something here, particularly around travel photography. So there are other platforms that are uh, you know, helping photographers mint their photographs, but across genre. With Explorist, we will be laser focused on the travel destination photography side of it, but also marry owning the digital NFT with real world perk and benefit. So we're actually nice. in, in partnership with um, uh, a, a, a fairly large tourism board. And the big idea is doing a curated NFT collection in partnership with them, and select owners of the NFT will actually get once-in-a-lifetime experiences in their country, all put on by the um, by the tourism board in collaboration with Explorers. So we're really excited excellent. about it. It's still, it's still early in its nascent stage of ideation, but um, we know we're really sitting on a big opportunity.
0: Yeah, excellent as we were talking, one of the things that I'd like to understand is uh, I didn't go about the timeline. So when did, when, in what year did you start Explorist and, and to this, and then you just did the accelerator. So how long has that arc been?
1: Yeah. So Explorist first launched in Singapore in 2017, actually. So since then, we've now launched across 20 different destinations all over the world. And um, you know we anticipate really launching our NFT marketplace the middle of this year. So
0: is essentially, a, a, a steady building out that, that portfolio, right? Building out those connections. So, that it, so what I'm trying to... It, it didn't happen building those incredible relationships, even though you had them, it wasn't instantaneous,
1: right? No, I mean we we've taken a very very um, involved approach in building our relationships with our content creators, and so when we onboard somebody on to explore, Michael and myself actually arrange a conversation just like this on Zoom or even in person um, to share about the opportunity to make sure that you know they totally understand what we stand for as a company to help inspire. People to travel in a very responsible way, and uh, yeah, I mean, to your point, it's it's been a it's been a slow growth on the supply side, so on the content creator side. But we've done that intentionally to make sure it's it's been authentic. It didn't scale out of control too quickly, Um, and it's and it's actually worked out really well in terms of kind of instituting brand trust across content creators.
0: Yeah, I I I think that's a really great strategy, and I think that's something to point out that. Building that trust, that true, deep trust is is important. We only deal business with people we, we know, like, and trust, and it doesn't happen really fast. And so I don't think there's a lot of companies that say, hey, we became overnight success. And I, I question whether or not they have a competitive advantage. And I, I would say you're slowly building those relationships as competitive advantage. I, I couldn't jump in and suddenly say, "Hey, I'm going to duplicate what you've done because you have so much trust with the professional photographers already.
1: Exactly. and And it's nice too, to have finally reached a bit of a tipping point whereby our roster is so acclaimed that when we reach out to another creator, they already know six creators on our roster. So it makes the conversation a lot more easy, easier. I was kind of tying it back to belonging, right? I mean, these yeah. are the people they already belong with on other platforms or even in real life. And so bringing them into, into the Explorers network is, is typically a, a really, you know, inviting conversation from, on the yeah. other side. And
0: I, I really want to drive home that point for the audience that the, 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 the building those relationships in that that hidden network of conversation like you had like you said you you have you call somebody up new they already know about you right now I'm sure you didn't have to go spend a gazillion dollars on uh, Super Bowl advertisements to make that happen right you just did a lot of talking and sharing authentically with people right
1: yeah the, the authentic part is was the the driver of it all
0: Yeah. So for it's a real great story and, you know, to help others understand that it doesn't happen overnight, but that building that network, when you have that network effect starts to pay dividends. And I think you're you're probably at that tipping point. So then you 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 joined you did do the accelerator. Right. Yep. And how's that experience been for you?
1: It it was great. So yeah, we we were incubated by the expert dojo, and Brian and his team have been fantastic in just helping us think through our strategy, particularly as we move into Web three and NFTs. How we leverage what we've already built with the travel app um, into this very timely, um, you know, new venture that we're we're seeking to build up over the course of this year. You know, if you if you kind of look back across the few the last few years. With the pandemic and such, it's been tough for a travel startup in the scene sure. to, to 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 fundraise, just because the world was <laughs> on lockdown. And and given how things are right now, we didn't even know you know what the next few months are going to hold with the new variant and such. But we've had to kind of think through creatively ways to both monetize and evolve the business in a way that's much more attractive from a venture standpoint. And it, it what I what I Take a lot of refuge in is we would not be positioned to do or about to do in Web3 and NFTs if we weren't part of the creative story um, the last four or five years. And if we didn't have this foundation with the travel app that we've already built, like this is the reason why we're poised to do something tremendous in 2022 in Web3.
0: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I definitely see it. And there's that um, I was one of the things on the journey is the world to me is changing so quickly and rapidly, right? But only when you finally get to a certain point where you have that core. So you had that core, right? And you now that you had that core, you could have real conversations and drive that strategy and see advantages of the new technology, right? I think that's a pivotal moment. And so congratulations for that. Uh, that's, you know, uh, getting to that point where you have that base and then you can look, you know, how do I really fit? And so that's that's really neat to see that happen. I absolutely have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and I'd, I'd like to leave with, you know, if if you could go back to your younger self, and say, hey, if you do this, you you, you your journey would be shorter. Um, what would you get? What would you tell your younger self, or or what would you tell a, a new founder to shorten their journey?
1: Well, the first thing that comes to mind is launching a business sounds intense, and and the and the actual the actual. Uh, effort to do so is intense, but it can be subdued. The intensity can be subdued if you just break it down into small steps and do one thing at a time. And so it's it's recognizing that you can do something huge if you just kind of downsize the to-do list and do it sequentially in order, in a sense. I think that 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 that's been very helpful for me just to always recognize. Like, take for example the NFT marketplace that we're building. I mean, that's what I mean. That's insane, right? Like, I don't even understand blockchain technology. How am I going to build a marketplace? But when you kind of break it down into smaller steps, um, it becomes a lot more digestible, and then you build confidence over time too. And then it just starts. You get into a, You get into flow. And then I think the other thing I would I would share is around believing in your own resilience and that continued intelligent effort of iteration and revision and, and you know listening to what your community would want in your product insofar as you continue to respond to it eventually you'll have you'll have that foundation that will will be where you kind of catalyze that explosive growth and and i and i truly believe what we've built with Explorers the last few years with our travel app is why we've got such a compelling and timely story and and business model opportunity now in 2022.
0: Perfect. I love that. Be focused on one little piece at a time. You know, take one bite of the elephant, but be focused about it and be resilient and learn from learn. From your customers and people,
1: yeah, and and to your point ar- around focus, Philip, that's that's huge. Like it, it, we may we don't necessarily realize while we're in it, but spending an hour or two a day on the wrong things cumulatively adds up um, in missed time that could have been spent on the right things that would move the needle the most. And this is something that I'm still working on as a, as a business leader too, because there's so many things that need to get done. And, and it's critically important to do the right things at the right time. Um, Cause that really speeds up the process.
0: Yeah. You're, you're, you're starting to, yeah, I, I have a, a, a little saying I use, I, I say, you know, consume, digest, reflect and share. You know, And too many of us spend a lot of time just doing things, consuming, whatever. And we were like at an at a all-you-can-eat restaurant, just eating everything we possibly can, doing all the tasks we possibly can and kind of digesting and kind of like feel, why, why are we out of shape? Why are we not getting to where we want to go? And that you need that reflection that really to say like, what's, what's really important? What do I really like eating? What do I really want to do? What do my customers really need? Then you once you understand that, then you can share that and really propel yourself forward. So even, you know, for even spending the time, you know, on a podcast, right? Right. I'm probably challenging you when you think and helping you reflect and other things, right? These are important things for people to learn. So it's very valuable. I really appreciate your time. It's flown by. How do people get in touch with you? How do they find out more about Explore Us? Where do they go to get the app?
1: Yeah, so you know, Explorest, EXPLOREST. You can download the app on iOS and on, and, or in the App Store and on the Play Store for iOS and Android, respectively. Um, you also can go to explorest.com to enjoy a, a, a fairly straightforward web experience of the locations that we offer you to discover. And you can always email me at justin at
0: yeah. I'll have all the, the web information in the show notes. Been an absolutely pleasure, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this wonderful conversation. Please share it with another founder so they too can shorten their journey. Please leave a five-star review and send any questions you have either to uh, Philip, at thesavvyfounder.com or book some time on thesavvyfounder.youcanbook.me. Again, it'll be in the show notes. Thanks again. Wishing you a bright and profitable future in both your business and personal lives. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and check out our website for tips, thesavvyfounder.com.
1: You can also follow Philip on Clubhouse at The Savvy Founder. Wishing you a profitable and bright future. Safe journeys. See you next week.